0: the 303rd edition of the Illegal Motion College Football Podcast. In Nashville, Tennessee, I'm Matt Perkins, and I'm joined by just a stutter and go across the Harpeth River from me here in the Music City. It's our own offensive coordinator, the coach, Corey Burton.
1: All right, all right. Welcome. Yeah, the stutter and go. I'm uh, planning a little offense, and the stutter and go might be where it's at.
0: Well, uh, would you prefer that over the speed option? Yes. All right. Well, uh, we can't, (laughs) though, get started without the third amigo in the second city, a man uh, who knows the real underlying cause of the Boxer Rebellion and has a unique theory about Spencer Petras' surprising effectiveness from this past weekend in the wind. It's our intrepid blogger (laughs) from Big Ten and, and counting, Josh Cook.
2: Well, off air, uh Matt said I was dressed a little bit like Al Borland right now, and then coach and I got in a uh Tim the toolman Taylor off so just so our audience Uh-oh. could tell uh who who's got the best? Oh! Uh-huh.
0: oh uh-huh. uh-huh. And that is yeah. and that is my entry into that.
1: Oh yeah oh, 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 yeah. yeah, we're gonna talk about some college college football. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh.
0: So, uh, how with
2: would, that how quote, would Lou Holtz's sound like? It'd be like, <laughs> 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 how's that?
0: Uh, is I think Lou Holtz, bad? uh, could get behind We're get that. sued
2: by him eventually.
0: Eventually, but until then we can keep going. What's, um, a, what's the shoot? Um, I, I don't gonna a,
1: We're gonna get a cease and desist order.
0: Or at least, <laughs> or, or a, a libel Holtz suit. State. Um, <laughs> Okay, well, before we get a lawsuit or we get into this week's uh, action, we want to remind you guys that we here on a legal motion are brought to you uh, by not only Mike Farrell Sports but BetOnline.ag, where they continue to be the number one resource for all of your online sports wagering needs. You, your sport, they've got it over there. Basketball, NHL in full swing, and most importantly. College football. So head on over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and use the promo code Believe. That's B L E A V for a fifty percent welcome deposit on, welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. All right, gents. uh, Quite a weekend in college football. Uh, A lot of fun, uh, but all of the eyeballs in the college football world were in Athens, Georgia, where coach. Coach's dogs absolutely yeah. uh, went to town on yeah. the smack-talking Tennessee Vols. So, uh, Coach, I just want your your rapid reaction. You know, I mean, if you want to go deep, uh, check out Coach and Israel on Believe in Georgia Dogs this week. But, you yeah. know, my What's overarching that? theme from watching this game was that Georgia's defense is— I don't Ooh. know if I want to go as far as this. They might be better than last year.
1: I think as a unit, you could say that probably. But I think, you know, obviously the talent speaks for itself. Five guys in the first round. Five guys uh, off that defense. A bunch of first rounders. I can't remember exactly how many off the defense specifically. I think they lost, what, five or six to the draft off the defense. It was something ridiculous. And, And to think that this would be a better unit. But this group has been forced to play more together. Uh, the, the, the other group had a bunch of guys that made a bunch of plays. Like, it's, it's not hard to scheme when you have Jordan Davis and um, Nicobe Dean and Channing Tindall and Quay Walker and uh, Travon Walker and those guys, um, all those guys that went to the draft. But it just, it, they got, they flat got after it, man. Uh, they, you know, they collapsed the pocket. They got a little they got a lot more creative with the with the pressures that they brought on Hooker. They got aggressive. They locked down on man coverage and uh and, and really it showed that they prepared for the tempo because Georgia was ready for it, man. They were in shape. There was no there was no breakdowns. I, I think the one the one pass they hit, the one long fall they hit uh, on their only touchdown was a seven-man pressure and left to safety on an island against Jalen Hyatt, which if you do that, that's probably not going to go well in your favor. But other than that, I mean, this defense played masterfully, man, and and it just shows that even somebody like Hendon Hooker can be rattled if you get pressure and collapse the pocket on him. And my God, before before you go, Jalen Carter is a stud, dude. That guy, having him back in the lineup has been... The best thing to happen, man. Just just pushing the pile from inside. He is
0: inside a very large and very athletic caused, man.
1: Caused a couple of fumbles. One that should have been rule of safety, but we ended up getting a touchdown, so I'm not going to complain too much. But, um, guy got a menace, dude, in the, in the inside.
0: It's unreal. Josh, what would you think of this one?
2: Well, it's one of the few eyeballs that uh, did not partake of this game. I'll tell you what I did see while this game was airing. Uh, Kansas got bowl eligible, my friend. Okay, let's and, talk about uh, Kansas. Jason. Why
0: not? I'm here for all and, the Kansas uh, talk. Rock Chalk, and, uh, man.
2: I,
1: I, kept, I kept following that game. Uh, <laughs> I was like, oh, hell yeah. Kansas, go big, go Rock Chalk. You know, I was <laughs> texting Rock Chalk in, in the middle of all my Georgia rants,
2: <laughs> which were popular well, uh, uh, rants, oh.
1: not bad rants.
2: Well, when, uh, when Jason Bean was called upon, I uh, I was higher on him than I don't know what coach's opinion was, but Matt, you weren't, uh, you were pretty unimpressive. I well, said, no, I, was wasn't was unimpressed.
0: I thought that <laughs> Jalen Daniels is what made the offense special, and I was wrong. Yeah.
2: Well, I don't know if you guys saw a stat line, but he was 18 to 23 for 203, two touchdowns. And then on the ground, he rushed it four times for 93 yards. Uh it helped that one of those was a 73 yard touchdown. So um, yeah, that was pretty fun, pretty fun game to watch. Uh the goalposts did not survive, but uh yeah, it was it was awesome. I mean, first yes, win against did, the ranked team a ranked long, long, long time. And
0: did you see Kansas's epic that. troll job of Tennessee? Tennessee not only had to lose. <laughs> on Saturday, but then they got publicly trolled by the Kansas Jayhawks football team by saying that...
2: <laughs> I did, know we... was pretty clever.
0: Yeah, I thought that was <laughs> wonderful, saying that, don't yeah. worry, we... they don't need donations to cover the cost of the goalposts. <laughs> Absolutely, like, chef's kiss social media work there from the Jayhawks. The other big game, though... From
1: in, the top rope.
0: ...in the SEC <laughs> was the showdown in Baton Rouge, uh, LSU-Alabama, which ended up being a heck of a football game in Boudreaux. Kelly got his first signature, first real signature victory. Because I mean, the Ole Miss game was a good victory, don't get me wrong, but this is a real signature win, Josh, uh, for Mr. Boudreaux. And, you know, LSU's coming. And I guess my question to you, though, Josh, is this more indicative of uh, LSU on the Ascension or Bama falling, you know, maybe a little bit from, from the top of the sport?
2: Well, I would know more if I had watched this game because, unlike most of America, I was watching Kansas State, Texas. Um, but I did flip over to this game and, and caught uh, the last second score by LSU and the overtime period. Um, but to, to address your question, Nick Saban, um, you know, has spread out his offense. He, he's gotten with modern times with his offense. Uh, but he. Has made his bones as a coach with very, very physical defenses and uh, just dominating the defensive side of the ball. And simply put, they haven't been doing that this year. Um, you know, we saw Texas move the ball with Quinn Ewers before he got hurt. We saw Arkansas have their third quarter explosion where they made it an incredible game. Before faltering uh, in the fourth, we saw Tennessee go up and down the field on them, and now we just saw it again with LSU going up and down the field, especially late in that game. And then we saw the the jailbreak in the the um, overtime period uh, when they scored on the very first play of overtime. And not only is the defense not as good, the defense is really not disciplined. They're they're getting penalty after penalty after penalty, they're and soft. um. You know, and they're soft. What's crazy softest though? Softest it,
1: Nick Saban defense yeah, what, what's cra- true?
2: What? Yeah, what's crazy about all of it is is even with all this, uh, Bama's what like uh six points away from being <laughs> undefeated. Yeah, it's crazy.
0: Yeah, something like that. I mean, they, they are. See, they, they've done it. Go ahead, coach.
1: They've been in a lot of close games. Yeah, I was gonna say they've been in a lot of close games, but they have no identity. Like they've struggled where, on the road, too. Where's their identity? Yeah, they struggle mightily on the road. Where's their identity? Where's their toughness? And and the only thing I can think of is that the defense is now playing ultra conservative because their offense is such a mystery that they don't like they don't want to give up big plays. They don't want to they don't want to risk things because they know that if they get behind, they may not be able to catch up because they can't run the ball. Bryce Young can't do everything. He can't throw passes to himself, and and Bill O'Brien's just not helping him out offensively. And then Pete Golding has gone soft and super super ultra conservative. And I, this is this is the most discombobulated I've seen Bama in quite some time, probably since two thousand seven.
0: This is the worst offensive line unit they've had in a, in a while. Uh, Tyler Steen coming from Vanderbilt has not been good at left yeah. tackle. I've been I'm honestly a little bit shocked they haven't just thrown J.C. Latham at left tackle. Um, and said go and run with it because Steen has not been effective. I mean, he was getting um, one last thing for me. Um, My cousin Harold had a heck of a game for LSU uh, on the defensive side of the ball, (laughs) at linebacker for for the Bayou Bengals. He was all over the place in this one. He had eight tackles, a sack, a pass defense, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, a couple more QB hurries. He was all over the place. True freshman. Five star, we only produce five stars in this family. So we're only, uh, uh, that's right. So, uh, you know, big picture, then, coach, here in the West, it's LSUs to lose, which is, uh, pretty insane.
1: Yeah. Crazy.
0: Yeah. So, crazy
1: to think about because coming into the year, we, we, we had them like middle of the pack.
0: Yeah, I think I yeah, had them like was finishing fifth in the West, maybe sixth.
1: I got I fourth or fifth. Yeah, I think we were consensus about fourth or fifth,
0: something like that in the West, something like that. So,
1: um, Josh, Josh may have gone lo- even lower than that.
0: Yeah, I, I, I don't even remember. But, <laughs> uh, well, maybe uh, one thing maybe. though.
2: Don't, don't trust anything I say about the SEC. <laughs>
0: So uh, let's move to the, uh, the ACC or the quasi-ACC <laughs> with the Clemson-Notre Dame game, uh, Josh, because this ended Oof. up being a good old-fashioned boat whipping um, uh, by Notre Dame. I mean, don't even let yeah. the final score fool you. It was not even this. It wasn't even. It was 35-14. It wasn't that. It was 35 nothing. And then, they, then Notre Dame took their foot off the gas at the end. Uh, to me... Uh, what really stood out was Joe Alt, the sophomore or the sophomore left tackle and the rest of the offensive line at Notre Dame, manhandled Clemson's defensive line, which to me, coming to this game, I would have told you that's the best defensive line in the country.
2: Yeah, I mean, the, the, the thing about Clemson is they are a classic example of pole inertia, and you just sort of assume... That they're going to be good, the, the proven entity. We get suckered into it uh, time and again with different teams, uh, but the ACC is undeniably down this year in terms of having top end teams. The the middle is awesome. I mean, Duke is a fun team. Uh, NC State is still a fun team. Uh, Syracuse is banged up, but still. Uh, was a fun team. Hopefully they, uh, they regain some of that swagger here late. So the middle of the ACC is really fun, but um, the the top end just isn't there. And so Clemson was kind of artificially higher than they should be. And this, this game also just, um, it it was not well coached by Dabo Swinney um, in the slightest. Uh, DJ struggled a lot. Through a 96-yard touchdown uh, pick six on that. And then what happens is when he's struggling, they brought in coach's guy, Cade Klubiak, and he, he, they gave him one throw. It, it, his one attempt was an interception, and then they, they sent him to the bench. And it's like, if you're making the quarterback change, if you're calling it on DJ, you need to give Cade the rest of the game. Because what Dabo essentially has done is tell both quarterbacks, I don't trust either of you, and you're both going to have really short leashes. And that just doesn't work. It's the opposite of what, uh, what uh, Steve Spurrier did with <laughs> letting them both uh, run the fun and gun. It, it, <laughs> they're both going to be looking over their shoulder now, and, and it was just asinine.
1: Yeah, just total mismanagement of that. You know, I, I just, I was like, what? Is, like, what was he doing? Like, th- there's no way that this is going to work. There's no way you're going to get any. It, it was just a token. Like, I, I mean, to me, it sounded like it was, it was a token. Okay, you want to K. Klubnik? Here you go. Don't out there for a play. See, I told you, you couldn't do it.
0: Yeah, so it, that, it's, that's what it's it felt like. I mean, that's the nail in the coffin. ACC definitely not making the playoff this year. Josh, you watched a bunch of Big 12 football this week and we want the conference though, that we haven't talked about yet. Big 10 two notable results to me. One was Northwestern really really uh you know holding Ohio State in check for most of the game. And then the second one The Monsoon one, held them in yeah, check. Yeah, the Monsoon <laughs> held them in check, but it was funny <laughs> nonetheless. Second one though, Illinois completely pooping the bed against Michigan State. Just completely yeah. like and in doing so killing their shot at Winning the Big Ten West.
2: No, they didn't kill their shot at winning the Big Ten West. Um, They, uh, if they beat Purdue this week, they're back on track. They're fine. Um, You know they'll lose to Michigan, but if they finish two and one, uh, they should be fine. Um, But yeah, I mean, so first of all, the the Northwestern game. I on the blog told my readers to take Ohio state and the over and I live in Chicago. The forecast was like not that bad. And in my neighborhood, it was a little more windy than normal and it rained for about 25 minutes. And as I saw the Northwestern score, I was just like, what the hell is going on up there? And then I saw some highlights and it's like, monsoon-like condition and I'm like Evanston's like 20 minutes north of me what was going on so that was just crazy Um, also I want to get to Illinois here in a second I do want to give a shout out to my Iowa Hawkeyes for looking competent for the second straight week Uh, Purdue quit on the game and was not running any hurry up uh, down 21 they totally gave it up and uh, you know Brahms a 500 coach And you kind of see why it's a windy day. He throws it 43 times with Charlie Jones catching 11 of those and being targeted a whole bunch more times. Uh, The other receivers uh, only had one or two catches depending on who you're looking at. So um, just a horrible game plan by Braum. Uh, But the, the Michigan state Illinois game, I wanted to bring coach into this because I saw two coaches getting really really cute over the weekend the first was up at oregon state when they took on washington in seattle they score a touchdown to go up seven nothing they force a punt mm-hmm. they have a second really nice drive but yeah. they run a hyper a hyper aggressive if it's fourth and less than four inside the 20 they're going no matter the context mm-hmm. of the game turnover on downs Then they get another defensive stop, Washington punts. They do the exact same thing. They marched it down the field again, turnover on downs. They gave Washington life. I feel like if you go up 13-0, you really get Washington pressing and, and getting out of what they wanted to do. They pass it all the time with Penix, but they still do try and incorporate the run and be a little bit more balanced. Um, so I, I was curious about coach's thoughts on Oregon state, but I also wanted to include, um, Illinois in this because they did something similar as well. They had, um, uh, two turnover on downs in the first half. Um, one coming at the Michigan state two yard line. Um, and then hmm. the other coming at the, uh, Um, Michigan State 29 they went for on a fourth and 19 um, and didn't get it and their kicker was hurt last week and a little banged up but he kicked the point after and was fine on the point after but I should point out Illinois backup kicker is seven for seven on the year Um, and so ultimately for Oregon State they lost by three you get a couple of those field goals they win Illinois lost by eight if they had taken their three field goals that they passed up when they went for turnover and downs, they would have theoretically won. So coach, what is going on with all these, uh, fourth down attempts and, and kind of what's your philosophy on that?
1: Well, all right, let's start with Oregon state first. Okay. So Oregon state, I, I guess that they're going hyper aggressive mode. That's what their philosophy is. Fourth and fourth and less, fourth and less than five. I see no reason not to go for it, but I, to me, you know, to me, if, if it were me in the game, I think I would have gone for the first one, and had I gotten it, it would have influenced me to go for future ones. Because if you score a touchdown there, I, I see where he, I see where he's trying to get momentum against the team that he's outmatched against, and if you get that momentum, it's it's hard to relinquish it. Yeah.
2: But I would push on, back on Oregon State being outmatched in that game, though.
1: Well, I mean, you know. They they knew they they knew they had to get touchdowns probably is what they're thinking was they they felt like they had to get touchdowns they felt like they had to be hyper aggressive so they went for it um, I think the first time is fine uh, but after that if you get a chance to get points if you get in a game like that and you get a chance to get points get points uh, same with same with Illinois fourth and nineteen get the points fourth and fourth and goal from the two I don't hate that. Just like I don't hate Brian Kelly going for uh the uh the
0: two point conversion. The two point the conversion. End, yeah.
1: yeah. It shows but that I hey, mean I think that's a different I'm context in you guys.
2: though.
1: I'm confident in you got no, no not necessarily. Uh the 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 second the the fourth and goal from the two is, is kind of the same. One play It's, it's effectively, make a yeah, same. Game. Yeah. And so you get it there. They probably if they get that fourth if they get that fourth and goal from the two. We might be talking about a totally different ball game. It shows that Bielema has confidence in his offense and offensive line to try to go out and get two or to try to go out and get two yards and, and a score. So I I don't hate that call. It didn't work out. So it's easy to say, okay, you should have taken the points there. But you know, I think for momentum sake and team confidence sake, I think you go for it there. Fourth to nineteen is a little bit reckless. Um, I think you just get the points and 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 come back and fight another day. But Oregon State, that's a that's a Tough one. Um, but had it be had it been me making the making the call, I would have gone for the first one. Get it. You know, that uh, might change the game. I course. do want to get it. Let's
2: get points later on. I do want to point out some of the, the Illinois stupidity in the game. Um so you know, Michigan State got the win, but when you break down the stats, um Illinois outgained them 441 yards to 294. Illinois had fewer penalties. They won time of possession. They racked up over 150 rushing yards in the game, and yet they kept going for it on fourth down after fourth down after fourth down, and it it just it cost them the game. It was idiotic, yeah. By Beal, it, it,
1: some at some point you at some point you you gotta you gotta take points, but it depends on the context of the scenario. You know, on the two yard line, I'm going for it. 4th and 19, I'm not. 4th and whatever, if it's a tight game, I'm getting points. And yeah. let's go, especially if my defense is playing well.
2: I, I mean, we'll Michigan State's so State offense maybe.
1: Yeah.
2: Michigan State's so offensively challenged, I would, if I'm Bulem, I'm going, if we score every possession, they can't keep up with us, even if some of those possessions are field goals.
1: Yeah, I I do think that was a little bit reckless going for it that many times on fourth down. But
2: it's actually what Harbaugh did a few weeks ago, and it paid off for him.
1: Yeah, I mean, if it pays off, great. It's it's high risk, high reward. You you could, you know, there's a saying that uh, I don't think the arena group would 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 approve, but it it happens. It has to do with chicken salad, Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) and and making chicken salad. So, um, but yeah, I mean, but at some point. Like if you're in a game where you know the offense can't score go ahead, go ahead and get your points and move on. Um, but I don't like it, it's weird because I don't hate it. But yet you need to get points too at some, you know, at a certain certain time in the ball game.
0: All right. So, well, are there any know. other games from this uh, from this past weekend, Josh or coach, that you guys uh, want to know quickly before we move in here into some spread formations?
2: Uh, just okay. you know, going back to Duke for a second, bowl eligible, baby. It's the Dukies, the,
1: the Dukies.
0: Are bowl, eligible uh, before the Badgers,
1: Mississippi State. Uh, in in a crazy game where Mike Leach had a big lead, lost it, and then got it back there at the end.
0: Um, watch the Mike Leach press conference after the game if you haven't. Um, yep. and enjoy. Yeah, uh, enjoy s- sitting behind that shade tree sipping on some lemonade and uh having i forget i forget the kind of sandwich he was uh implying that they were eating that was fun uh go back and watch that
1: with your fat little girlfriend
0: yeah (laughs) yep Uh, that's the one
2: you gotta you gotta love the energy cadillac brought to auburn Um, oh yeah it was just much needed for them
0: that was fantastic i love i i I like seeing cadillac out there even if you're not an auburn fan you gotta you gotta gotta respect cadillac and you know that team that him i mean that is a forgotten amazing team of the 21st century that team of him ronnie brown um yeah campbell you know just those guys were incredible
2: we would be, we would, we, I think we hit almost every conference. We would be remiss without mentioning that, uh, Bo Nick's doing it again, catching, passing, running,
0: Jeez, all three. Man.
1: He's on, he's on fire, dude. Bo all of N- our fans have got to be looking, going, what the hell did we do with him?
0: Um, I think a lot of other teams who need coaches are going, what is Kenny Dillingham doing with Bo Nick's? If he can do this with Bo Nick's, imagine what he can do with some real players. And so, I give
2: him. I give him an ultimate challenge. What can he do next year with Alex
0: Padilla <laughs>
2: <laughs> in Iowa?
0: <laughs> well, that is that that is an interesting question. Okay. Well, uh, any other games from the weekend? Anything else? Yeah, we used
2: up our time already. Yeah, we, we, we used long. up our time talking yeah. no, about fourth downs.
0: Um, let's move on, though, gents. to spread <laughs> formations. Last week, solid week all around. Three and two. Yeah, across the board for the three of us uh, on the season, Coach still leading the way, 35 and 26. Josh, 33 and 28. I'm 30 and 31 on the season. As a reminder, all of our lines are courtesy of our presenting sponsor, betonline.ag. Uh, We've got uh, seven games this week. We're going to go through. Coach, you are up first. And we are going to start with the with where college game day should be. And that is the Garden District joke. of New Orleans. syracuse no oh. the garden district of new orleans <laughs> iowa for <laughs> tulane ucf
1: i've seen if you would repeat it again yes ucf at tulane garden district it's, it's, game they should be there They should be there should it's, be for the division it, title right
0: no well not only that it's the second time. it's the second time they've been at texas this season it's they so,
2: gotta film more of bevo pooping
0: Oh yeah, it's because it's, it's so uh, it, it's so romantic. It's okay, on this so one, uh, gents. All right, all right. Coach, you are you are picking first this week. Uh, oh, Tulane yeah. is a two point favorite at home, over under fifty four against the Fighting Gus Busses. Uh, what do you like?
1: Well, I, I think the Gus Bus is going to break down in the Garden District here at Tulane. I, I, I'm just watching them play; they're just so explosive. They're they're just they're solid, man. They're good. Uh, I think. I think the the spread is perfect, though, because these are two great teams. And I think UCF is playing lights out, but I think Tulane is playing slightly better. So I'm gonna take Tulane minus two.
2: Yeah, Tulane's a little bit more consistent with what you're getting game into game out. They're they're you know they didn't have case at point a really erratic Central Florida uh, seventy on Temple, and then the next week thirteen against East Carolina. A uh, classic Gus bus <laughs> highs one week lows the next week. Uh, the other thing is tenant. Uh, excuse me is Tulane is a little bit more battle tested. When you look at uh, their schedules, Tulane went up to the little apple and beat Kansas state. Uh, they traveled to Houston, knocked them off. I know Houston hasn't lived up to expectations, uh, but Houston's, you know, five win team right now, they should get bowl eligible. They beat that pirate team. Uh, They beat this Memphis team. Uh, They beat a kind of a sneaky, decent Tulsa team. Um, And then, you know, what have the Knights done? Well, the Knights had an FCS team padding their schedule. They had Florida Atlantic helping things out. Uh, Temple is struggling right now. They beat Temple. They lost that exact same East Carolina team. They did beat Cincinnati, but that was at home. And Cincinnati kind of was looking dicey for several weeks in a row. And then they, went on the road and they beat that same Memphis team common opponent. So I'm with coach. I'm taking two lane. I've got them winning by uh, much more than the two point spread to say the least. I think they win by about a touchdown.
0: All right. Um I like two lane as well in this one, but I actually like the under even more. Um, I think that both these teams um, have stinky good defenses, uh, two lanes, especially and I just I like to under in this one. So uh, let's move to the SEC. Uh, Alabama Ole Miss. Uh, I was a little bit surprised that game day didn't go here because they just love Alabama so much and want to just follow them <laughs> around the country wherever they go. Um, and they love going to Ole Miss because, well, I mean, the Grove is actually pretty nice. Uh, Bama coach, Warriors. 11 and a half point favorite on the road over under 64. What are you thinking?
1: I do not want to pick Alabama on the spread, especially Ole Miss is such an explosive team. Their defense, their personnel is so perfect with their defense. Alabama is on the struggle bus as, as far as being able to score points and being able to do the things consistently they need to do to get the ball into their playmaker's hands, which on the perimeter, I don't know who that person is. Um, and then Jameer Gibbs, I don't know that they know that he plays running back sometimes. I think Bill O'Brien is still thinking he uh, he just got David Johnson in a trade for DeAndre Hopkins. So I'm not sure <laughs> what, what's going through his mind. This defense is super soft, and I think Ole Miss' offense will feast on that. So I, I know it goes against conventional wisdom to pick against Alabama, and, and, and they typically cover, but this is not a typical Alabama team. So I'm going to take Ole Miss in the points here uh And the under, I, I think this game is going to be in an under because I think I think the defenses are going to kind of. I think it's going to be a mid-scoring game. I don't think it's going to hit the sixty-four. So I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Ole Miss plus eleven and a half and the under.
2: Yeah, you know the the fear is that the coming off loss record for Nick Saban is pretty incredible, and and just this year. Uh, After the Tennessee game, they took Mississippi State to the woodshed. So if you're picking Ole Miss or an Ole Miss fan, that's going to be your big concern is Alabama really doesn't ever lose two in a row. Um, For me, though, I'm really, really intrigued by that over. Um, I wish it was a few points less. If If it had been about 59, I would have loved the over. I still actually kind of like the over, um, e- even though it's a little bit more dicey. Um, Ole Miss has, knows how to score points. You know, Ole Miss has had a lot of games that would have cleared this 64-point over. And uh, Alabama, if they're going <laughs> to win this game, if they're going to keep pace, I think it'll play out kind of similar to that Tennessee game and be a little bit more up and down the field than coaches thinking. So I'm going to take the over, believe it or not.
0: Uh, I am with Josh on the over here. All right, guys, let's uh, pick up the pace as we head to Washington at Oregon. Oregon, we just talked about Bo Nix, Kenny Dillingham, and that offense. 13.5-point favorites at home against a ranked Washington team, which we just saw last week struggled with their in-state rival, Oregon State. Uh, Over under here, 72.5, coach.
1: Ooh, this is a this is a tough one, but I mean, Oregon's on a heater, so um, I'm gonna seventy two and a half. That's a big, big number. So a big number. It's a huge number. Um, but it is also a Pac twelve game, so this this game could hit hit the over, over at, at ninety two. But uh, I'm I'm gonna take Oregon right now because you know they're on a heater. I, I think they can I think they can cover a two touchdown spread against Washington. I, I I think that you know Washington is not as good as we thought but they're not as bad as we thought either they're kind of right there they're solid but Oregon is just on fire Bo Nix is making his Heisman campaign they're playing lights out on defense Dan Lanning has got them going got it going on over there um but if I'm gonna take a two-leg parlay here it's gonna be Oregon minus 13 and a half and the under I just think I only it's need, be you to it's I be need you to pick one I don't need you to pick
0: both coach I just need you to pick one so
1: well, I'm p- I'm picking both, so I'm I'm gonna take a two leg parlay here. You know, Oregon thirteen and a half uh, minus thirteen and a half, and I'm gonna take the under.
0: All right, uh, Josh.
2: Well, I watched every minute of that Washington Oregon State team, and my conclusion was they are both worthy of being top twenty five teams. That was just a great slug out. Um, they're, they're both really good teams, I think. Um, I am actually gonna take Washington. I think Oregon wins. But I like that I'm getting two touchdowns there. Uh, the Huskies kept it really competitive with UCLA. Um, and Oregon has been blowing teams out, but but the last few teams they've been blowing out, Cal and Colorado. The last time we saw them against a, a top 10 team, or, top, or a ranked team, I should say, was UCLA. Uh, they did win by just 15. Um, and I think that you know Washington is... Um, as you know it is similar enough to UCLA to kind of poke around so i'm going to actually say the huskies make it frisky and take those points
0: all right um i, I as tempted as i am to take the over in this game um i'm actually going to take the under here um I, I i'm tempted to take oregon minus 13 and a half but i think that uh washington especially with that offense uh has the opportunity for that backdoor cover like it's no one's business. So, um, I'm actually going to take the under here though, because I just think 72 and a half is just too big of a number for any game, even pick Big 12. 72 and a half is absurd. So, um, but you know what? And after saying that, it's going to end up as a, you know, uh, 67 64 finish. So, uh, let's head down to the Big 12, uh, who is No foreigner to shootouts. TCU at Texas. Uh, Texas uh, is somehow a seven-point favorite at home against undefeated number four TCU uh, over under 65 here, Coach.
1: Okay. Uh, I'm going to stay away from the over-under. I'm going to pick with the spread here. Texas is minus seven. They're playing really, really well. Uh, Ewers has has been a tremendous at the quarterback position. TCU is red hot. They're still undefeated. They're they're vying for a playoff bid. I think they're going to be super sharp, as, uh, even on the road, which is a surprisingly a tougher place to play. That Texas is starting to kind of get their you know what together, but I think TCU's on a mission. Sonny Dykes has got this team rolling, so I will take TCU plus seven.
2: Yeah. So the, uh, you know, I just watched the entire, uh, Texas, Kansas state game and, you know, Texas had moments where they looked incredible and then they had moments like when they got shut out in the third quarter, only scored three points in the fourth quarter. Uh, Kansas state ran the ball up and down the field on them. Um, I I shouldn't have said run because they did it mostly with the, (laughs) with their passing attack over 300 passing yards, on Texas uh you know i think TCU uh is just playing with that confidence they even when they get down they know that they can come back um and and the longhorn second half this season they've had some brutal second halves so i'm going to take the horn
0: frogs yeah clean sweep for the horn frogs here I don't see Uh-oh, we've jinxed him. Yeah, we've completely jinxed him. I'm sorry to my yeah. cousin Douglas, who's a senior there right now, and loving this more than anything he's loved in his entire life uh, so far. So, um, at TCU. So, and, and
2: he's uh, married with three kids.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know what? At TCU, I'm sure he has some classmates that are. Um, anyways, quickly, Florida State, six-and-a-half-point favorite at Syracuse. Over under 51, coach Syracuse, super banged up.
1: Yeah, they're super banged up, so it's gonna be a tough sledding there. Florida State minus six and a half. They just came off a shellacking of Miami. Oh
0: God, that was uh that was one of the worst losses I've seen from for a Miami program that's had some really bad losses in the last ten years. Josh.
1: And I'll take I'll take the over as well.
0: Yeah, the uh you know,
2: Syracuse is just all banged up. The good thing is they're already bowl eligible. I think they will still beat Boston College in their finale and they'll get healthy. And look for them to come out really hungry in their bowl game uh, here in a few weeks. But in this one, the a little bit more on the downward trajectory for at least one more week,
0: Florida State. Yep, clean sweep, Florida State. All right, the game that everyone has been talking about, over-under 34.5 points. We're talking less than half the over-under of Washington, Oregon. <laughs> We have Wisconsin at Iowa, Wisconsin, a one and a half point favorite on the road coach. I know, you know, all the people down here just love that super explosive offense. And so they're going to be tuned in to Badgers and Hawkeyes.
1: Yeah, especially, especially uh, coming off of the, I think what's going to happen is I'm going to send everybody the Brian Ferentz two hour outside zone clinic and they're going to get so jazzed up for this game that they're not going to watch. Any other game uh, on Saturday except for this one? Uh, God, this spread, this uh, this over under is laughable, man. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna take Wisconsin to win this thing, basically to pick them. But <laughs> I want to pick the under so bad, but I know that's not going to happen. <laughs> so I'm gonna take I'm gonna take a two leg parlay in Wisconsin in the over. Gosh.
2: Uh, All right. Well. Uh, <laughs> So I am doing my best to not get roped in because it's Northwestern and Purdue. Uh, so I'm gonna be objective and just frankly look at Wisconsin. Um, in their three and one game, three and one game stretch, they beat Northwestern, the World league. They got upset on the road at Michigan State, looked very unprepared for a road game beat Purdue, who's allergic to defense, and beat Maryland, who Mike Loxley did evidently nothing all bye week, and Maryland came out and playing like total idiots. The fact of the matter is you have the dean of Big Ten coaches
1: is skip. Uh,
2: going up against an interim coach Iowa has newfound confidence. They are healthy in the skill position set for the first time, basically all season. And Illinois or uh, um, Wisconsin, frankly, hasn't played a defense this caliber since the Illinois game. And they were held to just 10 points. I know it's crazy to think about. We've been so down on the Ferentz brain trust this season, but strictly business you got to take Iowa
0: strictly business. I'm taking strictly the under bi- strictly business. <laughs> Let's finish it are. off, guys. Uh, it's time for the Colorado line of the week. They are on the road <laughs> at USC and they are 34 point dogs in the Coliseum over under 66, coach. <laughs>
1: I'm gonna take USC because why? why not, right? Why not? Um, this, I mean, this, I
0: mean they, they wouldn't have covered that 34 last week.
1: They would not, they would not have, but Cal count, Cal's a lot 10. better defensively. Yeah. That that is a big spread. Um, but I'm gonna take it just because I, I think USC will go into the fifties.
0: Josh. I
2: absolutely adore the over. In this game, it's 66. Uh, USC would have had all their games cover this minus the Oregon state game, but Oregon state's a different animal because they're a really good team and play defense. I see this one similar to like the Stanford game, 41, 28, or the rice game, 66, 14, or the Arizona state game, 45, 25. I think with USC softer defense, and blowing them out the scrubs come in and colorado gets a few late scores to make this 66 point over demolished
0: see i love i I, I like that over too um i also like but you adore it (laughs) i i love it i'm not sure i adore it though you know, adoration is, I mean, that's a big commitment right there to adoration. I mean, we're talking adoration of the, of, of the Maji. Like, I mean, come on, you're getting really deep into my soul there. No, Caleb Williams is trying to get a Heisman. They are going to put him out there to put up big numbers right now. He's got 28 touchdowns and one pick this year. He's. I mean, he's throwing the ball for over 300 yards a game. He is doing some serious stuff that no one's seeing. He's going to need to put up even bigger statistical numbers. They're going to do that against Colorado. I've got USC winning the game 59-10, to 10, covering the minus 34 and the over.
1: Ooh, got
2: a two-legger.
0: There you go. There you go. Yeah. All right. Uh, guys, anything you want to uh, finish off with here this week?
2: A very intriguing battle in the Independence, not conference because they're all independent, but uh, <laughs> Liberty, fresh off their stunning upset at Arkansas, which we buried the lead on. Um, they are ranked, they're eight and one, but they are traveling. To Jim Mora's scrappy Connecticut team up there in stores. The Huskies have ripped off back to back wins, Boston College and UMass. They are sitting there at five and five. UConn just needs to pick up a win against either Liberty or at Army, and they are going freaking bowling, which is crazy to think about. So, huge opportunity here for Huskies taking on a nationally ranked liberty team
0: um it's kind of amazing to think that more than likely or there's a significant possibility that uconn and duke will be bowling this year under their first year new (laughs) head coaches miami will not
1: god that's insane
0: so i think think that's the perfect uh (laughs) way to end this uh 303rd edition of (laughs) the illegal motion college football podcast so on behalf of of our own offensive coordinator, the coach, Corey Burton, here in Nashville, Tennessee, and our intrepid blogger for Big Ten Accounting, Josh Cook, up there in Chicago, Illinois, this is Matt Perkins in Nashville saying so long, and see you next time on the Illegal Motion College Football Podcast.
1: Green Wave! <laughs>